Hello, everyone, and I want to thank you for checking out Lockdown Guardians today and making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. We have a special episode with uh, a one of the bright young pitchers in the Cleveland Guardian system, uh, a player from Canton, Georgia. But, uh, you know, I, I had to at least go that way because of uh, the connection to Ohio, obviously. Uh, I want to thank Hunter Gaddis for coming on uh, and getting a chance to talk about himself and some about the Indian system. I, I have to start off with, I'm sure every question you get is about, like, do you consider it a, a full-on change-up? Would you consider it like a, like, how would you, it, it is a, uh, a pitch that is unlike just about any other pitch I've seen when I'm watching the Indians minors. Like, can you describe it or tell people about it who have not seen uh, what is most places listed as a change? Yeah, I mean, I hold it as a normal circle changeup, and I don't know exactly how I throw it, to be honest with you. It's kind of just been there for as long as I can remember, but it's circle changeup to me, and I'm lucky I got, you know, some good movement. Whatever I did at an early age, it paid off. I feel like it's you and Eli Morgan have, like, the most distinctive changes in system, at least in terms of my personal opinion. Uh, I don't know if, if the pitching ninja has done any overlays with your pitches yet, but that's one of those things I'm looking forward to. If he has not, when he gets to see you pitch, I'm sure those will be coming that it's it just the movement really makes that pitch stand out. Uh, so, you know, we've talked about the kind of the pitch that really sticks out, but can you tell fans who are listening, like, what is your typical pitch mix? What is uh, a batter going to see that when they face you? Typical you know, three pitches is going to be the, you know, riding fastball, as they say. And that's, I guess you'd say a pretty stock slider. You know, I try to keep it sharp and little and as hard as I can throw it. And then the changeup, as we talked about. And I have a fourth pitch curveball that I've, you know, been developing over the years, even back to college, you know, always trying to figure it out and make it the best it can be. And it's gradually gotten a little better. So I'm starting to add it in as much as I can. Just in terms, you know, you're talking about pitching develop. Is there anything the Guardians are very well known for their pitching development to uh, pretty much all baseball fan bases right now? Is when you came in, was there like anything that they did? You know, so my own background is I remember like one of my first seasons when I was in the minors, it was actually in Akron a bunch. Uh, and everyone told us like, oh, that's it was a dead zone in Akron. And then we showed up and it turned out it was Mike Clevenger before Mike Clevenger was Mike Clevenger. And he told us stories about just when he had been with the Angels versus the Guardians, like the, you know, the, the depth and knowledge they have of you guys when you just even step through the door. Uh, I'm just, you know, what was that like? What was it when you kind of sat down and got to talk with them? Yeah, they, they're very, very good at it. They have a lot of knowledge, a lot of technology that I didn't use throughout high school or even college at all. But uh, it was a shock to the system for sure and took some time to get used to but it's done nothing but help and help me understand myself as well yeah you were uh you know i i've been covering the guardians for ooh, almost 11 years now for a long time i was their draft uh, primarily a draft guy in terms of coverage and i remember covering your draft class and your draft class was just all cape performers like every single pitcher i felt like was someone who had, had a very strong cape I've always been curious when you are in the Cape, do you know who's watching you or do you just know that like every game there's going to be at least four to five teams there? 
Yeah, I had no idea who was watching. Uh, you know, the manager there let us know, you know, there's going to be guys here. They're going to come and watch all of y'all. They want to see y'all. Just go perform to the best of your capability. And, you know, that's all I tried to do. Try to keep the extra thoughts out of my mind for sure. Was there anyone, this is, you know, where I should have done my research. Was there anyone uh, from your team who the Guardians also ended up acquiring at some point or drafting? Or was it just you from back then? I'm pretty sure it's just me. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else. They were, like I said, that year was heavy. I I just remember, you know, some years it was that they were drafting pitchers under six feet, or I shouldn't say under six feet, under under the 6-3 norms uh, for right-handers and under the like 6-1 norms for lefties, or they were going only um, California, Georgia, your class had stuck out the Cape. And that was, what was that experience like for you in general being, I mean, that is kind of the, the cream of the cream of summer leagues. Yeah. No, it was really fun on the field. It was fun. Chatham was a great place to, uh, you know, the fan base was awesome. Host families were awesome. You know, everybody that was there working, helping out was incredible and Chatham was a good town it was right there close to the beach I mean you would finish the game go hang out before the game go hang out on the beach I mean it, everything about it was fun I didn't have a bad moment when I was there oh that's so I might be wrong in this you can correct me if I'm wrong the, the that was the year before the Cape was your uh, U.S. national team experience correct yeah and yes. then you, you were the first pitcher in the history of the Georgian Southern program or the first player from Georgia Southern, right. To get the pitch on the U S national team. Is yeah. that also correct? Well, for Georgia state, yes. for Georgia state, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I problem. said Georgia Southern instead of Georgia state. I said the wrong Georgia school. Uh, what was that like? Like that? It, I mean, it, again, that's the best of the best out there. Uh, you know, every yeah. single practice must've been just loaded with uh, really exceptional players. Yeah. Just, Great teammates, great on the field, great off the field. And, you know, it kind of threw me off that I was getting thrown there. I finished the season my freshman year and, you know, was going to take the summer off. Uh, wasn't really expecting to go anywhere. And then head coach Greg Freddy down at Georgia State uh, pulled together some connections. And I was like, I can't say no to this, even though, you know, I threw, I think I threw close to 100 innings. I was, I was like, I don't care. I got to go. Yeah, it's like I said, it, when you get pulled into that, you know, you're getting pulled into something very special uh, in the grand scheme of things, you know, kind of bouncing through uh, some things in here. I wanted to kind of go back to just at your size, you're going to stand out. Uh, I know the list is like it's six, six, two, 40, 250 at points it's shown. Yeah, I'm, I'm close to 260 now. Yeah. So and that's. You know, and you're just a, a big, strong guy. Was it always baseball or were you also like a, a multi-sport athlete in high school? What was, uh, how did it break down for you? Because I imagine at that size, every sport was trying to get you to play. Yeah, I mean, from, I think it was like three years old, I've been playing baseball and basketball, but uh, just always playing. And I played football for a little bit, but I gave that up at an early age and just played baseball and basketball throughout high school and actually almost went to college for only basketball. It was a, there was a time and moment where I wasn't committed anywhere. So I almost went just for basketball. So one of my longstanding theories uh, about pitching is that athleticism is underrated because the athleticism might be, I don't have any data to prove this. I just feel like it helps avoid injuries and helps uh, pitchers stay healthier. 
since you are someone who's doing this for a living, do you think I'm on a right or wrong trail with this idea that obviously, you know, you're an athletic person being basketball and baseball, that stuff, that general athleticism, I don't think major league baseball teams underrated. I think they know its value, but I think to the average fan, they think a pitcher just has to go out and throw and repeat mechanics, but even repeating mechanics is helped by athleticism. No, definitely. I, everything in a pitching motion, the timing and everything takes the best athlete out of you. So, I mean, that definitely helped to this day and age for sure where I'm at now. Oh, it's uh, yeah. It's just one of my favorite little uh, things where I talk to people or when I'm talking with fans on the Twitter and they're like, well, why does it matter? I'm like, hey, there's so many talk, talk to a pitcher. So maybe they'll, they'll listen to me or yeah. believe me a little bit better. Now uh, we've had that chance uh, yeah. you know, going I mean, back. I've, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I've had pitching coaches throughout college, throughout pro ball that, you know, if you're talking mechanics, this and that, I mean, they'll just tell you, you know, quit thinking about mechanics, just be an athlete. So, I mean, it definitely is definitely the foreground for what, you know, it takes to be a pitcher. Yeah. I, I've, I've been, so one of my theor- new theories I've worked on is this idea that uh, we can't really judge like uh, flexibility and athleticism. Like we have so many things that are stats that tell us this or that. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out how much like I feel like the flexibility uh, aspect is one of those things that we can't, you know, we can say what someone benches, we can say what someone runs, we can say a lifting or repetition or endurance, uh, but we can't really say the flexibility aspect, which I feel is that other thing that's tied to that athleticism. That's been something I've been bringing up heavily on the show this year as I talk about that staff uh, of pitchers down in double in, uh, A where you are. Yeah, it's, it all ties together. I mean, it's simple enough just to say that, that anything you can get better at, it's flexibility, athleticism, I don't reading books. I don't know if you can get better at it. It probably will help you pitch it too. So uh, I'm just going to take a moment here uh, before we take our first commercial break. And I will, uh, before we get to that, I'm just going to do my carte blanche apologizer. I do have a seven month old and I, I can hear him in the background, not being very happy. So I'm going to apologize to any listeners out there and to wonder if the baby is creeping into the sound does happen from time to time on the show as uh, listeners well know, but I did want to send my carte blanche apology. And then I also wanted to take, we'll take a quick break here and we'll come back and we'll talk a lot more with Hunter uh, about just pitching in double a it's a murderer's row starters down there. I would not want to face them uh, and more about him, but first let's take a moment and talk about our sponsor of the day, blue Nile. Uh, if you've been a longtime listener to the show, you know that, Blue Nile, uh, they every year around Mother's Day, they come back. And this is my third year on the show, which means I've been doing Blue Nile reads for three years. I've done 700 episodes of this show, and I still remember what some of the rings look like because it's a distinctive, original-looking piece of jewelry. Uh, and, of course, as I said, Mother's Day is when they are always coming back as a sponsor. So if you want to give mom something, she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports. Listeners get $5 off 500 this podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Stop the stress. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. And we're back. Uh, so, you know, I was talking about the the group you have down there in Akron. Honestly, I don't know if I've seen a more impressive group of six starters uh you know because i believe there's been six players who have all started at points this year 
it's legitimately all of you are somewhere in the top 20 to 30 prospects in system. I just feel like I've never seen that. Uh, have you ever been in a room with just quite that level of talent in terms of a pitching staff? The only other time would be when we're in spring training for Arizona is when I'm together with them all. But yeah, I mean, I can't speak enough about all the other starters, even, you know, down to the relievers, there's some dudes down there too. So, I mean, no, all very good. I mean, it's tough to even talk about. I mean, it's just a guy after a guy after guy, you know, week in, week out. So. No, my my listener base will murder me if I don't at least ask what it's like to see Espino pitch. He's he's the guy that I get questions about maybe more than anyone else just because he's he's very different. There seems to be not a lot of guys like him in general. When you're when he's out there, is it does that like to a baseball eye, not to like the fans, not to like someone myself who's just you know a, a journalist. It's like does he seem different to you know someone like yourself? Yeah, I mean, he's got all the tools. I mean, you were going back to the flexibility, the athleticism. I mean, he's off the charts with both of those. And on the mound, it shows. I mean, you're throwing 100. I mean, he's got running a slider up to 90. Good chance. I mean, he's got a solid mix of everything. And he competes hard, which is amazing to see. And it just shows, you know, throughout his performances that, you know, he's got it. He's got the stuff for sure. I think what's additionally interesting about it, the group of pitchers you guys are there is like, you know, nothing is safe, you know, baseball, we've all heard the tin snap, you know, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. There's always risks and chances, but like you go through and you look at the statistical indicators. Cause I'm a big math person. I look at those uh, across the board. Like there isn't, sometimes we'll get a pitching prospect in double a are like, well, you know, there is this big red flag for why it may not work you guys don't have any red flags <laughs> across the board. You all seem like likely, I don't want to jinx anything, knock on wood, uh, major league pitchers in some form, you know, we never know if it's going to be starter or reliever for anyone until they get up there and we see that defined role. And even sometimes someone is just too good in one role that they, they end up staying there uh, though. That's never, we, we know everyone wants to be a starter, but I think it's just interesting to have six guys who all look like, they're going to play in the big leagues. I know I'm probably just, uh, you know, making that point go. And, you know, I was talking about the numbers. It is interesting also because all of you uh, pitchers and you in particular, I was going through that your numbers, uh, the guardians have, uh, you know, a statistical profile. They, what I've seen in the last five years seems to be if, you know, everybody wants someone who misses bats, that's obvious. Limiting walks is important as well obvious but they seem to really hammer those facts like i you know i had someone from another team around the i used to write for scout in 24 7 so i had like a few connections and they literally are like who are the guardians going to draft uh it ended up being gavin williams i'm like "Uh, look for a pitcher with a strikeout rate over 10 or 11 and a walk rate under three per nine and that's going to be their guy uh and then it was and that's also been you like you miss a ton of bats you don't walk anyone uh is there as you were going through this, you know, just developing, cause this was you even in college, this isn't like a, a new thing. Like what was the mindset? Was it always just, I mean, I know it's obvious miss bats don't walk anyone, but it's not easy. We see a lot of players where, you know, I looked at uh, stuff through years about like, what's the most common reason pitchers fail after injury and it's control. Like it's that inability yeah. to not walk guys. So like, 
how did that develop for you? Or was it just one of those things like your change up where it just, you were, had a natural gift? No, I mean, that'll probably go back to high school where I didn't throw hard. I didn't even have a slider. I was just fast curve change. And like I said, the curveball was, you know, always just, you know, a piece of work. I had to try and make it better and whatever, but I was, I had to locate. I had to put it where I wanted. You know, I wasn't going to blow it by anybody, you know, and it just started from that. And uh, probably goes back to my dad and no free bases, none of that. So definitely had to learn to throw strikes and learn how to get people out without it. And I think as stuff developed, you know, the missing bats and whatnot came along with it. Yeah, your your strikeout rate per nine, <clears throat> like we often see a dip. I feel like yours have been almost like you might have been like at 13 or 14 in college. I can't remember. But it's like still being over 12 in double A is like you've you don't even have the dip we often see as a player progresses. You've been a consistent, very consistent misser of bats. And again, that's just a great indicator. It's not the most advanced stat. There's better, and I'm, I'm sure the Guardians have stuff I've never even heard of by now. But it's just one of those things when I'm looking through for some quick numbers and information, it's, it's a handy one. And I think, again, what's really impressive about your statistical profile is just the sheer amount that even in double A that you miss bats. And you're talking about your dad. It sounds like he could be a coach in the insurance organization with the limit, the walk. Like that's just, that's them. I was curious looking at your profile. Cause this is another, you know, this is my chance to talk to someone in the system and see if my theories are right or wrong. Uh, one of the theories I've long put on this show is the idea that the guardians would prefer fly balls to ground balls because in my mindset, uh, yes, a fly ball can potentially do more damage, but the, the number of outcomes from a fly ball are more likely to be beneficial to a pitcher than the number of outcomes from a ball on the ground. While a ball on the ground won't get out of the park, you're more likely to give up hits in the lake. Is that, does that ever come up? Am I completely crazy with this? Or is this actually something that you've heard at some point? Um, I guess I would say I haven't heard it exactly how you said it. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they're a big riding fastball or making it look like the ball is rising when it's coming towards you, which in 10, you know, the batter perceives the ball being lower, so which they catch the under part of the ball, which creates pop-ups. So I guess they want us doing that in a way. So I guess you're on the track for sure. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things you look at Shane Bieber, for instance, um, in the big leagues, and it's like people would be like, he gives up too many home runs. And I'm like, if you have a problem with how Shane Bieber's pitching, I can't help you. I just I don't I, I don't have an answer. Uh, he's mortal. So yeah, but he's still really good. It's even, uh, someone like Eli Morgan, who's been in that swing role for them. It's like, yeah, he might give up the long ball, but he's still effective because he, he does He limits everything else. So it's, that's, that was kind of my theory as I was looking at some of those pictures that have come up and I saw that your profile kind of fit similar. I think you were at like, this is where fan graphs is great. I don't have it memorized, but you were definitely like maybe over 50 for fly and ground ball under 40. So it's like, Oh, there's something going. So I had to check in with that. Um, you know, we're at a good point. I'm going to take ad break number three and come back and we're going to pepper a few more questions here. I appreciate Hunter's time. I don't want to take too much of it. Uh, he has been a great source in the system. We'll come back and do a few more questions. And like, if nothing else, you're getting a chance to see if all of my harebrained theories are right or wrong on this episode of locked on guardians. And this episode is also brought to you by our good friends over at BuiltBar.com. I have talked about them many times uh, because we shouldn't have favorites on the show, but they are my favorite sponsor. 
they sent us a free box back three years ago when uh, right before the pandemic happened. I remember getting my box in the mail and being like, what's this? And since then, I've been a loyal customer myself. And when I go to BuiltBar.com, I use the promo code LOCK15 because that saves 15%. I told the story last week, my friend who's a doctor and I was visiting them, they had a bunch of Built Bars in their fridge. I was like, hey, you should use our promo code. And that promo code was better than the promo they had. So remember Locked 15 Right now, their newest deal is on these special granola bars, a new experience from Built. For me, these are the best tasting protein bars I've ever had. And again, I go out and buy them with my own money. Uh, The best thing they did was give me a box. Since then, I have been buying two to three boxes every month and a half. Uh, That is how much I love this product. Uh, I've been currently doing the churro puff and the yellow chirp, which is essentially a peep. But it's a peep that is 80 grams of calories, eight uh, proteins and six sugars. Go to builtbar.com for yourself. Remember that promo code is locked 15. You're just going to love the product. I know you will. I love it. And I don't like most protein bars. This is the first protein bar that I have found to be enjoyable. That is builtbar.com promo code lock 15. Okay. Again, I want to thank Hunter for coming on and being a guest on this show. Uh, you know, podcasts are always a bit awkward and different. You never know what anyone's going to be like. And I appreciate the chance to get some more information and talk with one of the Right, young pitchers in the Guardians organization. Uh, and before, sorry, mental cramp there. Uh, I want to, again, thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. And I realized I never introduced myself at the top of the show, which is one of the big faux pas. So if you're still listening uh, and you don't know who I am, I've been the host of Lockdown Guardians for this will be episode 703 of the show for three years. Before that, I was the lead prospect and draft analyst at Scout and 24-7. Before that, I wrote for Indians Baseball and all the way back to the beginning at Indians Prospect Insider. If you've read a Cleveland sports blog, um, specifically relating to the Guardians, I have popped up probably in your draft content. Uh, Again, big thank you to Hunter for coming on and talking about uh, pitching and pitching in the Guardians organization. So, you know, the fun questions always are, you know, who is the best hitters that you have faced? Like who stands out? Who's been the hardest through your, you know, college pro, you know, even dating back to high school, you being a Georgia kid, you faced a murderer's row even back then. Uh, it's never been uh, an easy time for you. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good hitters, you know, I've faced throughout the years. I'd say going back to high school, Luke Berryhill, he was at the, my Robert Lee High School. I think he's with the Astros now was drafted by the Reds. So he was definitely, you know, early on. I would say throughout college, Travis Swaggerty stands out big time. Uh, he was in our conference. And, I mean, throughout pro, it's hard to sit, point out one or one. I mean, there's been a lot of good bats. But, uh, you know, Andy Pajes stands out with the Dodgers. He was a good bat. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot. It's hard to pinpoint for sure. The Dodgers – you know, on the show, I, I live in Milwaukee. Uh, so I, I get to hear a lot about Milwaukee's pitching development in Cleveland's and Tampa's, but man, that Dodgers system, they do something there with <laughs> the players they seem to find. Uh, I remember Swaggerty. I, I thought that was a genius pick to the pirates. I'm still not going to give up on him. He was, he was a, almost like a five tool monster in your conference. As I recall back then, he was, yeah, he was quite the hitter. I thought that was a, a great pickup by Pittsburgh. Uh, so the the kind of paired question with that then is like, what coaching has really stood out to you along the way? Who has really helped you in terms of your own development? 
Oh, I would say Chris Butchek was my pitching coach at Georgia State my freshman year. And, uh, I mean, I finished – I graduated high school maybe throwing 88 at my highest. And uh, after freshman year, you know, I went up to 93, 94. So, I mean, we had similar builds and kind of threw similar. So, I think it was really easy for me and him to click. And uh, I still go to him in the offseason. You know, he's uh, still around Georgia. So, it's good. I can't, you know, say enough about him and how he helped, you know, kickstart my uh, college career. And, I mean, every pitching coach through the Guardians organization has been – incredible as well and I uh, can't say enough about them they've all helped and put their touch on me in whatever situation it may be so Georgia State uh, David Buchanan is the only player who's got to the big leagues uh, in the draft era uh, before that there was uh, Larry Jaster and Marv Rackley and you know I, I was not familiar with them considering one uh, ended their career in 50 and the other in 72 what would it mean to you just personally to you know, they're getting more players drafted every year. I don't want to make this seem like I'm burying the program. It's definitely a program that is, um, you know, talk about the pitching coach and the people there. They're doing a fantastic job because you can just see it in terms of players, uh, you know, development. But what would it mean to you to kind of be that next guy to, to break through and have a chance to kind of bring more attention to your, pro, uh, your college program? Yeah, I mean, it would mean a lot. You know, I spent three years there, loved every minute of it, you know. But, uh yeah, I mean, the, you can see this year, you know, they're putting themselves on the map a little bit more here and there and whatever, winning big games. And uh, anything I can do to help out the program and that sort of light, you know, I would love to. But, yeah, definitely not the, the big school, the big, you know, whatever fancy you might get. But, uh, no, it would mean a lot for sure. Then the other question I always like to when I get the chance to talk with players, um, it's been a while. Uh, actually, one of the last five interviews I did with the players, I don't know if you've had a chance to meet Brad Goldberg, uh, one of the pitching coaches in the Guardian system. Uh, I was I interviewed him back when he was a senior at Ohio State. So it's I don't interview a ton of people, but yeah, Brad Goldberg is one of the last five ones. Have you, have you ever met him as one of the pitching coaches, coordinators in the system? Yeah, he. I'm also the first time in spring training. Okay. And, uh, super cool guy for sure. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was very excited for him when he got taken by the White Sox and then got to the big leagues as a, a senior sign. He was a it was a great little story for a, a guy who had overcome quite a bit. So I was really happy for him to see him in the the system. But what? Uh, sorry, I got distracted by my own thoughts there. What are your own goals? I mean, everyone's goals is to uh, you know to make it to the big leagues every year. Um, but what, like in terms of refinement, development, what are your personal goals for this year? I mean, it's just easy enough to say compete every start, you know, stay as healthy as I can, as strong as I can throughout the whole season. And uh, what comes my way comes my way. And that's about it. You know, always in the day to day where you're working on whatever it may be. But uh, I don't have any anything that really stands out you know, to mechanics or to pitches or anything like that. It's just kind of go out there, compete and perform to the best of my capability. That was, that's essentially all of my questions. I, I appreciate all of your time and all the information. I want to, again, stress for people to, you know, if you get a chance, you want to watch Hunter pitch, because again, that the changeup is for my money, I would say one of the top five secondary offerings in system. Uh, again, I'm just a, 
an amateur sidebar scout. I am not a real scout. Uh, so, you know, don't come back and yell at me, but if nothing else, in terms of pitches to watch, just in terms of enjoyment and interest, it's like, like I said, it's probably my favorite pitch in the system. It's just, you don't expect it to come out and be the way it moves. I highly recommend that. Uh, this is where, again, I'm not the best with social media, so I don't check things. Is there any place you would send, you know, any guest? I'm always like, where can they follow you? Obviously they can follow you by watching you, but do you have like uh, any social media presence that you'd want people to go to? I never know with people anymore. Uh, yeah. I mean, Instagram, Gaddis22, but uh, I'd say that's that's the one I use okay. the most, if anything. I'm really not big in the social media either, you know, yeah, trying to get to it here and there, but... I always get yelled at for not doing it enough for the show. That's, that's essentially where I am with it, where I'm like, Oh yeah, I gotta, I should have, I should have, and that's where I should have checked beforehand if I'm being honest. But uh, again, I, uh, I want to thank you for coming on. It was a real um, pleasure to get a chance to talk with you. And I highly recommend, especially if you're in Akron, like that's a nice park. I spent four summers working there as media up in the box. Uh, we, back when Adam Lieberman was media relations, it's, it's a nice park. There's always interesting things going on. Uh, and you never know, like I said, the year, I remember my first year there, I showed up and was literally, we were all like, there's nobody here according to prospect lists. And then it was Mike Clevenger and Yandy Diaz. So go check out your minor league teams, go support and watch these players and you're going to have a good time. And again, I just want to thank you for coming on Hunter. And as I end every episode of the show now, uh, go, go guardians, go.